the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, April the 12th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On April 12, 1861, the Civil War began. Confederate forces opened fire on Fort Sumter, South Carolina. Today, in 1945, President Franklin D. Roosevelt died of a cerebral hemorrhage in Warm Springs, Georgia. He was 63 years old. As you know, he was succeeded by Vice President Harry S. Truman. Today, in 1955, the Salk vaccine against polio was declared safe and effective. Today, in 1963, Martin Luther King Jr. was arrested. He was jailed in Birmingham, Alabama, charged with contempt of court and parading without a permit. But it was during that time in jail that he wrote his letter from Birmingham jail, which was very consequential. Today in 1988, the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office issued a patent to Harvard University for a genetically engineered mouse. The first time a patent was granted for an animal life form. I wonder... Could that have been Mickey Mouse and thus his change in beliefs in Disneyland and all of that? I don't know. It could be. Today, 1990, East Germany's first democratically elected parliament acknowledged responsibility for the Nazi Holocaust and asked the forgiveness of the Jews. Today, in 1992, after five years in the making, Euro Disneyland, now called Disneyland Paris, opened in France. But it was delayed because of much controversy. The French intellectuals were just irate. They were bemoaning the fact that they had been invaded by American pop culture. And now we have a Harvard genetically changed Mickey Mouse in America and in France and elsewhere. One year ago today, President Joe Biden said he would nominate Christine Warmoth, a former senior Pentagon official, to be the first woman to lead the Army. She was confirmed the following month. Got this note from a couple that support this ministry. Dear Gary, I pray for you and yours. When you think about it, please pray for my beloved husband, who is 100% disabled, a Vietnam uh, War uh, hero, ex-POW, suffers from PTSD, cancer. But above all else, we love Jesus. We are blessed. He will celebrate his 77th birthday. Well, I would wish him happy birthday. May God be glorified. I'm his devoted caregiver, his loving wife. We're both completed Jews. Jesus is our Messiah. I love your straight talk on KGNW. 
at Seattle. Keep on keeping on. The truth is so refreshing. God is using you to speak what is truth in grace and boldness. Stand firm. 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 13 through 17. It's signed, A Fellow Believer in Christ and Her Name. The hopeful season of the resurrection and Resurrection Sunday is upon us. Sunday, Sunday, services will be held across this land and around the world. More than two billion people will celebrate Jesus Christ is ridden, risen. They will celebrate the Savior's victory over death, hell, and the grave. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Yet for many Christians, the current state in America has left us feeling discouraged. That's not surprising. During the Biden administration, crises at home and abroad have multiplied. Americans have gone from economic border, national security chaos, to seeing inflation spike to a 41-year high as of today. The reports are out today. It's been 41 years since we had this kind of inflation. There's disunity, there's global upheaval, there's war, and America is providing no leadership. Whether the world and the countries of the world have liked America or not, they have recognized that America is the leader of the free world until now. The media and the non-Christian public see all of this as catastrophic. Some see it as opportunistic. But God isn't surprised. God is not alarmed. Because God is in control. Jesus says in John 16:13, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you shall have tribula- tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. It's in times like these that we people of God who follow the Bible and follow the Lord... We need to shake the dust off our feet from one battle and stand in confidence for the next one. But we've got to be informed. We've got to be faithful. We've got to be engaged. But sometimes we become engaged and we're not informed. And we can't be effective. We can't be the people that God has called us to be. We can have all of the energy and we can jump in the fray and be in the battle But if we're not informed as to what's really going on in our world, it's difficult to be the best we can be and to be the light and the salt that Jesus has called us and said that we are. That's why it's important to me that we do this program and it's important to me that we get the word out to the best of our ability. I want to thank you to all of you who support this ministry. This couple that I read a part of their note, I just got it in the last day or so. But I want to thank all of you for your support. And I mean it sincerely from the bottom of my heart. I'm sure everyone that's on the Christian media thanks their donors for their support. But we are taking a stand that's not um, its not accepted or even understood by everybody. Uh, some perhaps misunderstand what I'm really about on this program, but 
many of you, hundreds, perhaps thousands, do understand. And I am humbled, and I am grateful. But we do need your support. This is not an easy task. It is not something that just happens with the flip of a knob and I talk for a little while. I mean, that's certainly part of it, but there's much more that goes into it, and I know you know that. We need you to stand with us. If this program is on in your area, your market, and it is probably, or you wouldn't be listening to it unless you're traveling or listening on the Internet, but I would encourage you to consider being a part of our support base in your area. The station you're listening to, if you're listening to a radio station, you are, that station is charging us, in some cases, a lot of money to be on and do what we do. And we need your help to pay the bill every month. We are current, but we are on it. And I tell you when there's a little bit of a lapse in income, because it's just all about paying our bills on time and doing what we feel God has called us to do. So to all of you, thank you for perfectly considering what you can do and what you should do. And if you don't feel the Lord leading you to do something, then don't. But if you do, thank you in advance. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. You can also contribute online. Our website is faithandfreedom.us. Faithandfreedom.us. A-N-D. Freedom.us. I want to talk to you a little bit about a kiss. Oh, not the kiss of Judas. We, we can talk about that a little later, some other day, maybe later this week. But this kiss was among a couple of very high-profile people. During an event celebrating the 12th anniversary of Obamacare last Tuesday, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi kissed Joe Biden right on the cheek and embraced. The moment is well documented. There's a lot of photos out there. You've probably seen them. Maybe you have. There's a video. If Jill Biden and Paul Sr., Pelosi, if they're okay with them kissing, why should we care? Well, 24 hours later, Nancy Pelosi tested positive for the Wuhan virus. However, it's the White House response to the kiss that should matter to all of us. It's not the kissing. Katie Pavlage at Town Hall, she notes that Speaker Pelosi received a positive test, but she's asymptomatic and quarantined, consistent with CDC guidelines. So Nancy is quarantine for a while. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, she was asked about the Biden-Pelosi kiss in the press conference the other day. Whether Pelosi was considered a close contact, given she kissed the president's face, and if the president should get the coronavirus, what if he didn't survive it? I mean, what could happen? Her response, the press secretary's response, is my point, not the kiss. She said, quote, the way that it was defined by the Center for Disease Control, the CDC, and their definition of it, I'm quoting Jen Psaki at a press conference. She's the press person for the White House. 
She said the way that it was defined by the Center for Disease Control, the CDC, and their definition of it is 15 minutes of contact within a set period of time within six feet. It did not meet that bar. It does not mean that no one will get COVID around the world who does not have close contact. It just means we are defining for all of you whether the president and their interaction met the definition of the CDC of a close contact. Actually, it doesn't take five minutes to see that it doesn't meet the CDC's guidelines. The guidelines specifically say kissing should be avoided. I'm looking right at the guideline, and that's what it says as we speak. But this progressive way of, of it underscores, again, this past week, when Peter Ducey of Fox News, he asked Saki why Vice President Kamala Harris wasn't wearing a mask per the rules at the Senate. Well, she wasn't. Saki's response was, quote, she was playing an important role in confirming the first black woman to the Supreme Court. Pavlik explains in from Town Hall, she says, why she even mentioned the kiss in her column, she said, this exchanges, these exchanges are great because they expose how absolutely absurd, non-logical and arbitrary the pandemic rules and the guidelines have been for a long time. And I agree, they do. But this kissing episode and the Kamala Harris episode also exposes, to me at least, that the first response from the left is almost always, in, in any situation, is to tell the truth, enough truth, to make the lie believable. The end always justifies the means. Or just tell a lie and hope it sticks. As in the case of the news media. And Hunter Biden's non-existent Laptop. It's all the same, whether it's a kiss or a laptop. One thing is certain. The end always justifies the means. And with the current leadership and the just in general, the progressive movement in America and around the world is the rules are for thee, but not for me. Some of the biggest names in the left-wing politics headlined a recent conference at the University of Chicago it was centered on disinformation. In fact, the conference was called a conference on disinformation. But it was two college freshmen, probably 18, 19-year-old kids, who put those intellectuals on their head. They blew the thing wide open. Oh, no, they didn't riot. They didn't do anything. They didn't break anything. They asked some questions, honest questions, and it blew up. University hosted this disinformation and erosion of democracy meeting featuring big names like CNN's Brian Stelter, who runs it, The Atlantic's Ann Applebaum, Jeffrey Goldberg, and former President Barack Obama were the expert panelists. How to save democracy? talking about the erosion of our great democracy. All of these are leaders of the left, except for Goldberg. As the conference was open for questions from the floor, this freshman, Daniel Schmidt, <laughs> he questioned the Atlantic's and Applebaum about Hunter Biden's laptop, to which the left-leaning journalist quickly 
dismissed the question. Here's what she said. I'm quoting her. It was intellectual. So in 2020, uh, the, the kid said, so in 2020, you wrote those outside uh, the Fox News bubble, or not, or she was responding to the kid. She said, those outside the Fox News bubble do not, of course, need to learn any of the stuff about Hunter Biden. Referring to his laptop, of course, Schmidt began, a poll later found out that if voters knew about the contents of the laptop, 16% of Joe Biden voters would have acted differently. Well, that's true. That that poll came out after the fact. Uh, the New York Post put out that poll. Of course, we know a few weeks from a few weeks ago, the New York Times has now confirmed that the con- content is real. The kid continued, the student. He said, do you think the media acted inappropriately when they instantly dismissed Hunter Biden's laptop as Russian disinformation? And what what can we learn from that in, insu- uh, in ensuring that what we label as disinformation is truly disinformation and not reality? Applebaum quickly moved to dismiss the legitimate question. She said, quote, my problem, this is the intellectual, she said, supposedly, my problem with Hunter Biden's laptop, I think, is totally irrelevant. She said, I mean, it's not whether it's disinformation or not. I mean, I don't think that Hunter Biden's business relationships have anything to do with who should be president of the United States. So I don't find it to be interesting. That would be my problem with that is what is making that a main news story. Well, that, of course, is not true. That's a simply a lie from beginning to end. Applebaum has been fixated on the Hunter Biden laptop story, and this kid knows it. He's informed. She published a piece in 2020, and this kid refers to that in, in his later comments. She published a piece in 2020 that the emails purportedly belonging to Hunter Hunter's business partner, this Bevan Cooney, he, had a, he has a lot of business partners. This is one of them, this Cooney, were on a grand scale, it's what she called it in her writing, this Applebaum, of misdeeds committed by politicians and their relatives, the kind of thing that barely registers. She also alleged in the story that it was merely a Republican effort to undermine Joe Biden's most important electoral electoral asset, the impression shared by even those who don't like the former vice president that he is fundamentally a decent person. So even if you don't like him, Please don't try to make him out as someone who is not fundamentally a decent person because it's on that basis that we're going to elect him. I'm, this is me, not her, saying this. I'm interpreting the left because we don't want Donald Trump and we're not voting necessarily for Vice President Biden. We're voting against Trump because we hate Trump. That was what the last election was about. She continued, she called Fox News a right-wing conspiracy bubble that focuses on an alternative reality, which Joe Biden is a secret oligarch. These are her words now. And his son, an important figure in the Chinese mafia, laugh out loud, nothing matters. More than 5 million people have looked at that video just in the last couple of days. That's one of the reasons that I bring it up. This impacts the culture, these kinds of conversations. Another freshman, Christopher Phillips, he's also probably 18, 19 years old. He asked CNN's Stetler about his outlet's role, CNN's, about their role in pushing disinformation. He asked about how CNN pushed the Russian collusion hoax that pushed the Jesse Smollett hoax. They smeared Justice Kavanaugh as a rapist, and they smeared Nick Sandman 
as a white supremacist, yet dismissed the Hunter Biden laboratory story. That didn't go over very well, but here they are. These experts, including Barack Obama himself and these other guys, sitting at a table on a platform with several thousand kids out here in the auditorium. And these kids are asking these questions. Settler blew off the freshman. He said he must be talking about another channel. He said, you're not talking about CNN. We didn't do that. But they did. It's all a matter of record. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton watched this. He praised Phillips. And he called him a smart young man. But in that conference, surprisingly, this Nobel laureate, Maria Resser, she asked the audience this question. She said, what are you willing to sacrifice for truth? Continuing, she said, without facts, truth, and trust, we have no shared space. And democracy is just a dream. Panelists like Applebaum and Obama and outlets like CNN and all, a lot of these others, represented by Stelter in this case, they all engage in the push of disinformation of what they deem to be disinformation, like the Hunter Biden laptop, because the end always justifies the means. It didn't matter if that was Hunter Biden's laptop or not. As it turned out, it was. I mean, people, like, even I can figure that out. If you open the lid and here's all kinds of pictures of Hunter and his emails back and forth to whomever about be sure to set aside $10 million for the big guy, his dad, and so on. Even I can figure out, hey, this must be Hunter Biden's laptop. They know that. But they're so obsessed with the end, the progressive, the secular, that they can only see what their next step is, what their next goal to make quote-unquote progress. That's why progressivism, secular progressivism, stands absolutely in abject contradiction to the Bible and to a biblical worldview. Panelists like these guys, these people, this woman, Applebaum and Obama and these guys, they don't care whether it's Hunter Biden's laptop or not in the moment. It's how to take the next step to progress toward what they want to achieve, their worldview. And it's a secular worldview where man replaces God. So that's what's going on here. By now, the world knows that the laptop really is Hunter's. It really does expose some of the worst corruption in America's history. And yes, Hunter's father did, in fact, know what Hunter was doing, even though Hunter's father, our president, said, no, I don't, I don't have any idea. I don't know what the what Hunter's doing in his business. I'm not involved in that. Well, I mean, nobody even quotes that anymore because he knows all that's going on because Hunter was paying his bills through money that was coming from Burisma and Ukraine and the Chinese Communist Party-owned business that Hunter took millions of dollars from for quote-unquote consulting. When confronted by young students over their involvement in undermining democracy, these elites, these elites, not just these on the stage at University of Chicago, but across the country, around the world, these elites fake ignorance or they pretend as if the repercussions of their blatant lives have no meaning or no bearing on eroding the trust of democracy nor in the quest for truth. So while they stand before these, this massive group of kids and adults and have this so-called conversation about democracy, they are, their words themselves, 
their actions, their deeds, and their concepts are not truthful, and they are undermining democracy as they discuss how we can not undermine democracy. It's unbelievable. It's deceptive. Very deceptive. Satan is always deceptive, whether it's in national affairs of a country, a culture, whether it's in our own personal lives. Satan is not an equal power contesting with Jesus Christ as to who's in charge. Satan is a defeated foe. He will be ultimately cast into the lake of fire forever. But his main tool is deception. And he deceives. He doesn't have power over us. He simply has the knack for deception. He comes like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He comes like an angel of light, like, follow this, follow me. I will enlighten you, and so on. The Post says, the New York Post published a revealing account of this. It's in an article that I wrote today at faithandfreedom.us. You can read it there. There's a lot of, uh, a number of, of links to these stories, some of the things I've been talking about now. But this New York Post published very revealing information just, I think it was yesterday. And I put that in there, but it, it talks about the new newest things that have been found on the laptop. And I just chose for the sake of time, not to go through all of the minutiae of that. It's just to say that it's more of what we kind of already knew as ordinary folks out here. We just had a feeling that this was probably going on. Well, it is. And there's all this dialogue back and forth. And, and you know, and, and Hunter is saying, I'm sick and tired of paying, you know, the bills for the whole family. And I'm not going to ask you to give back half of it like my dad has. And on and on. I mean, it's just blatant. When asked what kind of a, a government he and his colleagues had given us back in 1787, Benjamin Franklin said, a republic, if you can keep it. Freedom is an ongoing battle. That's why so many countries fall into bondage at the hands of tyrants and dealings of corruption. I believe all of us should be aware of what Cicero called the enemy within the Roman lawyer, the senator, the historian, he watched as his own country of Rome collapsed and burned. He wrote about it. He said, A nation can survive its fools and even the ambitious, but it cannot survive treason from within. An enemy at the gates is less formidable, for he is known and carries his banner openly. But the traitor moves amongst those within the gate freely, his sly whispers rustling throughout all the alleys. It's heard in the very halls of government itself. For the traitor appears not a traitor. He speaks in accents familiar to his victims. He wears their face and their arguments. His, he appeals to the baseness that lies deep in the hearts of all men. He rots the soul of a nation. He works secretly and unknown in the night to undermine the pillars of the city. He infects the body politic so that it can no longer resist. A murderer is less to fear. He was murdered for saying those kinds of things in the days of Rome. I'm not saying we're where Rome was in those days, but we stand at a very, very vulnerable point in our country. It's time to be informed, take a stand, be faithful, 
and above all things, remember that God is in control. Thanks for being with me today. I'll see you right here tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.